All right, welcome to live. Glad you guys are here tonight. Um, real quick, if, if, if you're not signed up for the second student conference, as Taylor uh, very eloquently said, um, he used to go to Breakaway all the time at A&M, and that's where T.A. spoke, who's our speaker that day. Man, we, you just don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. And as of right now, we have 75 students signed up. And that's not very good, but thanks for clapping. And so it's $40. We're not giving uh, scholarships to it. We just really want you to come up with $40 and come. It's one day, it's Saturday, and then the next day is Sunday. And then that Monday, you were supposed to have off. That's President's Day. If you're in KDISD, you now have to go to school. Thank you, ICE. And so um, you have nothing else to do that weekend but come to the conference. And so, man, make that a priority. If you need $40, again, please go see Seth Phipps. He's our high school pastor, and he'll be happy to loan you 220s. He always has 220s on him at all time. He, uh, just, just talk to him. But I really, really, really would love it if we brought 700, brought, they're going to be here, so we're going to be here, so you'll be home, home court advantage, but 700 students from West Campus, adults, um, other people in the room that are watching this and you have graduated high school, uh, if you want to volunteer, you can go to thesecondstudentconference.com and you can sign up to volunteer right there. And that's how you register as well. There's no paper. There's nothing you have to fill out. You don't have to do a profile like you have done 47 times for Beach Retreat. You just get online and you do $40 and then you come. Also, uh, our way of communicating is number one through our Instagram. Uh, if you follow us, a lot of you do, that's great. It is Second Students West. That's our Instagram page. There's actually a few students in this room right now that are running that, which is pretty cool. If that's something you want to do, then you need to uh, message Second Students West and say, I want to help. But another way for us to communicate with you is through our text message service, which is uh, you text to the number 41411, to the number 41411, the word, or it's not really even a word, SS West, SS West. And so uh, there's really no more JH students or HS students, it's just SS West. And uh, if you're a parent in the room or you're watching online right now, you text the word we parents to that number 41411. Again, that's we parents, one word. 41411. All the students just texted that in. That's great. Tonight, we started a two week series on David. And tonight, I'm going to talk about him being a warrior. And next week, we're going to talk about him being a king. And I'm going to talk about David and Goliath. And you're like, I know it. Little David beat ugly, tall Goliath. Beat your giants. I'm going home. Good. That's right. That is exactly it. That's David and Goliath. But as I've been studying and as I've been listening to some other people really dig into this and been reading about this, I have personally learned so much more than I've ever thought about. And I hope that tonight, um, I'm gonna break it down for some of you who've never heard the story of David and Goliath and help you understand. And for, them, for some of you who you've heard it since you were two, maybe you'll learn something new tonight. And then next month in February, I just want to let you know where we're going. I'm really excited about it. So next month uh, is the Olympics. 
And we're excited about that here because it only has iced here uh, really twice this year, which is crazy. Um, it snowed and then it iced. But in Korea are the Winter Olympics, and we want to get behind that here. Um, we're doing a series in February called Become, no, yeah, Become the Light. Is that right, Zach? Good, thank you. Um, because, I was like, believe the light? I don't know. Uh, but it's called Become the Light. And uh, it is going to be an amazing series in February that, man, I I'm telling you right now, it is going to be awesome on how the Olympics, this is their thing that we're stealing from them. They have a whole entire plan called Become the Light, and it's all about being a light in a dark world. But they're not really talking about Jesus. And so I want to take that and twist it and turn it. And so we can take Becoming the Light, talking about Jesus. And so that's coming in February. I'm super excited about it. So let's get to tonight. That was a lot, I just told you. I hope you hung on to some of that. If you have a Bible, look in 1 Samuel 17. And I'm just going to kind of sum it up, and then I'm going to break it back down for you. So in 1 Samuel, I mean, the, the, the deal is very, very simple, is that the Philistines are coming, and they're trying to split the kingdom of Israel in two. And so the Israelites hear about this other people coming. So you have the Israelites, you have the Philistines, and they're fighting or they're yelling at each other. And they're both, one is on this side of a, of a hill, the other's on this side of a hill, and this people are yelling and these people are yelling, and nobody wants to attack. Because if you attack when you're going down the hill, you expose yourself to getting smoked. And so what do they do? They send a big, nasty, six foot nine, ugly looking giant, if you will, down, and you're like, that's not tall. Like, I'm 6'9". I'm not, but maybe you are, but that's cool. But back in the day, this is a big joker, okay? So this six foot nine fool comes down, and the deal is, is that he comes down, instead of sending everybody down to fight, they send one person. And he says, look, if you can beat me, then you win. But when I beat you, we win. And so just a little one-on-one -on -one battle, and then he's looking for one person to come and do hand-to-hand -hand combat. And this is not fair. When you've got a 6'9 joker yelling at you and just being mean for 40 days straight, that gets scary. But then all of a sudden, David, who we're talking about tonight, shows up to give his brothers some food, and he hears this giant yelling. And then David is like, what in the world is that noise? Oh, that guy? I'll, you want me to whoop him? Okay, I got it. So what does he do? He gets a few stones and he gets a little sling. Okay, not a slingshot. Bing! Okay, no, that's what you got in your mind. Like, it's a slingshot. Wrong. Okay, veggie tails. Okay, no. It was a, it was a sling because what he did whenever he was a shepherd, he would put rocks into a sling and he would spin it around and then and he would, he would get them. Okay, lions. He was protecting his sheep from the lions. So he's like, yo, I got this. I've been smoking lions. This Ugly looking fool, okay? And I, Peter, I know you're right there in the back and I keep pointing at you. You're, you're not Goliath, okay? I just want you to know, I keep pointing at you and I just want to make sure we understand. I'm not talking about you. I like you, you're a good man. Anyways, so David is like, I will smoke this ugly looking fool. And he goes and he spins it, boom, hits him between the eyes. Goliath's like, ee, poof, okay? Does he die right there? I don't know. David doesn't know. What does David do? Okay. He walks down the hill and no one talks about this at VeggieTales. Like this isn't going on at, you know, but my daughter Emerson's not coming home. Like, guess what I learned about? David went down and cut off the giant's head and he held it up. No, no one teaches that. Okay. The Bible says it though. 
So David slings, boom, between the eyes, yip, falls. David goes down the hill, pulls out a sword, cuts his massive, ugly-looking head off, and holds it up and says, winner! Drops the mic and walks away. Okay, that's, that's, what David, that's what David does. That's exactly what happens. But before we get to that, there's a whole lot of other giants in David's life that we don't really get to talk about, that we don't really hear about. For example, if you look in verse 12 of 1 Samuel, um, well, no, 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 before we even go there, David is this scrub shepherd, okay? That's, and if you're a shepherd in the room, I love you, okay? Shepherds, woohoo, okay? If you're a shepherd, you're awesome, by the way. Um, but back in the day, shepherds weren't as cool, okay? They were kind of the lowlifes, all right? And so uh, Samuel, which is the book that we're reading, Samuel goes and he's looking for the next king. So he meets this dude named Jesse who has eight sons, all right? So he goes, hey, Jesse, uh, can I see your sons? Because I'm looking for somebody that is fit to be a king. And he looks at this guy, nah, you ugly. This guy, you ugly. This guy, I don't know. Okay, and like, okay, and goes, goes down the line, okay? Eight dudes. Parents, can you imagine? Eight sons. Somebody like, hey, man, I got eight sons, okay? Wow. But eight boys living in the house and then and then or seven of them and Jesse's like do you have any more like is this it this is your crew are you kidding me he's like well I got a shepherd <laughs> scrub face hanging out in the hanging out in the field you want me to bring him in he's like yeah so David comes you know I don't know I don't know what it's like but David David comes in and uh Sam was like that's the next king you're gonna be the next king okay put just just think about that you're in the field doing shepherd stuff. You come in, and all of a sudden, this guy's like, by the way, you're the king like of everything. You would think all of a sudden you'd be putting a chariot, put a crown on your head, and go and be the king, go to your castle, and take over. That's not what happens. David actually, his dad goes back to the field. Huh? David was just named the king, and now he is going back into the field. If that's me, I am like inside of everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I really want to be the king. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. I need to go. I need to do this. I'm, and you're in the field doing sheep stuff, and instead you want to be doing king stuff. And so one of the giants that we see that David overcomes is patience. Sometimes we are just wanting stuff all the time. Ah, or he uses patience to overcome the giant of wanting it right now. Sometimes for us, I'm with you, we want stuff now. Like sometimes, not, not that I've been here, but when you're in the McDonald's drive-thru, right? Not, I've heard about this. And you're, and you're in the drive-thru, like there's one at 1463 and I-10, not that I am anywhere near that area ever, I've heard. And they have two like drive-through talk things that you talk to. And then you're thinking, it's going to be a quick time. And you're there for 20 minutes or even five. You're like, what is wrong with this place? Or Chick-fil-A. They're way too fast, by the way. Thank you, God, God bless you. See you later. My pleasure. Oh, you want some Chick-fil-A? Like, what? I don't even know what I just did. And somehow you left and you spent $38. Like, this is crazy. But if they even take too long, this is the worst Chick-fil-A ever. And you complain. I mean, that, that's how we are. And that's, a, I mean, that's, a lot of times we're like, that's bad. We should be more patient. And you're, they are right, and I am right, and we are right, and God is right. But it's okay to sometimes want stuff. And David 
right here, he's okay with going back to the field and being patient. Let's look at verse 12. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he's very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. Their firstborn, Eliab, the second, Abnimdab, and the third, Shammah. Beautiful names. I mean, just outstanding names. I'm going to name my next kid Imbindad Head. Imbindad Head. <laughs> my last name's Head. Y'all get it? Imbindad Head? All right. Anyways, Imbindad Head. All right. Um, <laughs> it's not even biblical. Um, verse 14. So, so, so understand, these three it's just naming his brothers, and they all, those names mean a whole lot of really awesome stuff. But these three are going to war. David, the king, the youngest, verse 14, the three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. David's father was slowing him down from doing what David truly wanted to do and what David knew that God had called him to do. And maybe in your life, if you've been a Christian for some time and you've had something on your heart that you really want to do, for this situation, it was his father that was slowing him down. But what is it in your life that is slowing you down from doing what you know God has called you to do? Only you know that. But David doesn't allow that to happen. And that's a giant of others holding us back. And others can hold us back in so many ways. Sometimes just hanging out with the wrong people can seriously hold you back. And so next in that story, Jesse, his father says, hey, I want you to bring some food to your brothers at war. He's like, okay. So he shows up on the battlefield, David does. Bring your brother some food. He's been waiting, by the way. He's been, David has been waiting to be the king. Now he wants to go to war. He wants to do these things. He wants to be king. His dad says, no, no, hold up. You're gonna just go bring them food. So one of the times on his trips to bring them food, he brings them food and he hears this yelling. He hears this ogre. I don't know what he sounds like, but he's just yelling. He's just yelling. And David's like, what in the world is going on? In verse 16, this yelling went on for 40 days. Can you imagine? You wake up every day and you're like, that's my life. That is my life. You need to come to my house because that is my life. No, you don't have a six foot, maybe you do. But they are waking up every day and they hear this six foot nine person yelling, just cussing at him. You're sorry, you're nothing. Just all this stuff. Look, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Verse 23, verse 23. As he was talking to them, as David was talking to his brothers, check this out. Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, 
they all fled from him in great fear. So, so I don't want you to look at these, these two sentences in verse 23 and 24. So he says that David heard this man yelling, but then there's a period, and then this next sentence is so many people in this world. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great, great fear. And so what we see right here are people that are scared to do anything. People that they see fear or they know, man, this may not end up well. And even though they have God on their side and even though they can do anything, they turn around and they go the other direction. What breaks my heart the most is when people drive or walk past pain. If there's a car wreck, something bad happens. I was in La Santera a few weeks ago when this old gentleman fell on a rock he was just walking. He was not on the sidewalk. He was an older gentleman, and he fell. Boom. I'm in my car. Four or five adults saw this happen and just walked on by. And we'd be like, I cannot believe that. And what did I do? I got out of my car, and I was like, are you okay, bro? I'm about to say bro. Are you okay, sir? I'm good, I'm good, I'm just embarrassed, all these people. He hit his head, a little blood, he was fine. But that truly, students, listen, adults, that's the norm, is for us to walk past pain. It's for us to see things that are maybe too tough and difficult, and we're like, man, I don't have time to stop and do this because I've gotta go to Nestle Toll House. Or I don't have time to do this because I'm going to hang out with old girl. Or I don't have time to do this because I've got this. I don't have time to help this person that was just in this horrible car wreck. Or I don't have time to help this person over here sitting by themselves at lunch because I want to stay over here. I don't have time for any of this stuff. Man, we should be the ones, Christians, we should be the ones running to help those people. We should be the ones that are going into those situations. Just like David did. I mean, day after day after day, this guy came out and he yelled. In verse 28, we see a family fight. Verse 28, when Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him, he heard David's voice. He got so mad at him. He said, why did you come here? And who did you leave the sheep with? Like, oh, okay. Don't worry, I'm bringing you food, brother. Okay. He's getting mad at him. Why are you here? I hear your voice. Why are you here, David? And who's taking care of your job? Did you get someone to cover your shift? I mean, what's going on? I know how conceited you are. This is brother, you know, brother, brotherly love. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David says, now what have I done? Can't I even speak? And what we see here in this whole situation that I just talked about, from turning away from hard times, from seeing things that are bad and walking the other direction, from a family fight, is we see a massive giant of bad influences and wrong voices. And David overcomes it. But what about you and your life? What about us? Because sometimes when we hang out with negative people all the time, and they're just negative and negative and negative and negative and negative, that becomes poison to whatever it is that you're trying to do, however you're trying to live your life. And let me just tell you how to handle that person. Walk away from them. 
forever. If not, and you know this to be true, and so do I, that we can become just like that. What if David, when he was there and all these people were scared and they were running away from this noise, this, this mouth, Goliath, what if he said, oh, I'm scared too, and he went away? But that's, at times, we surround ourselves with the wrong people who are gonna walk away from things or who are gonna be so negative. And let me just tell you, it's better to have zero friends than it is to have one negative friend. And if you're in the room and maybe you struggle with negativity and that's okay, maybe tonight you can give that up and really work on that. Because you can, I promise you. One of my wife's best friends now who texts and calls and cares about us like crazy was a very negative, negative person. And Erica told her, look, I'm not talking to you anymore because I can't handle how negative you are. And it crushed this other person. But now that person's really worked on it. Man, we gotta work on our negativity. Christians, we can't be, look, it's gonna happen, we're normal. But you really gotta work on it. And if you're hanging out with someone that's super negative, you need to say, hey, negative person, maybe their name's Nancy. Can you work on that? Because I like hanging out with you, but you're so negative. And David overcomes that. And so David, he's supposed to be the underdog, right? He's, I mean, that's what you hear. David's the underdog. David's the little guy. David's the runt. He's a kid. He doesn't know how to fight. <clears throat> he doesn't know anything. He has no armor. I mean, whenever he says, I'm going to go down and fight this dude, you know what he does? Saul says, hey, take my armor. He's like, I don't need that. Are you kidding me? You know who I am? I got a sling and five rocks. He's like, no, you don't want to take this? I mean, he puts it on. It's, it's even too big for him. Like, no, it ain't going to work, bro. Here you go. He has no armor. And all he has is his sling. And we see Goliath. I just want you to know there's, there's three different types of, of infantry here. There's three different types of way to fight back in the day. And so here, here they are. The chariots, I mean, the cavalry. Here's, y'all know Calvary, right? Calvary, anybody? What, what is it? Horses, very good. Man on horseback and chariots. Infantry, anybody? Foot soldiers. Who said that? Nice. That was so strong. Oh, sorry, I heard it here. But that's cool. You win too, okay? Stay tuned. And then artillery, archers and slingers. So artillery would be, y'all are smart. That's really good. Like, I just learned this. Okay, like, that's, that's way to go. But artillery. David would be artillery. Goliath would be infantry. Heavy infantry. Again, y'all know this stuff. So you have artillery going against heavy infantry. Usually that doesn't work out too well. And so Goliath is saying, all right, come on. I see you coming down here, scrub. I, 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 I see you coming. So he comes to him with hand-to-hand -hand combat. And then David, I'm sorry, Goliath, check this out. Goliath is led every single day. He is led by a little boy every single day. This big monster, scary Goliath is led every single day. And Goliath at 6'9", apparently he moved very, very slow. And it also took him a long time to respond to David when David was coming down. For him to respond and see him, it took him a long time. 
And then he says, the giant says, am I a dog that would come to me with sticks? Plural. Goliath says sticks. When David only has not a stick, not plural, multiple sticks. And so we see Goliath right here has some issues. We see Goliath, this giant that's supposed to be super scary, really truly isn't much at all. But what's happened is all these people have built him up to be this amazing, scary, horrible giant. And we do the same thing in our life. The enemy is yelling things at us. Satan wants you to believe things that aren't true. He fills our minds with these thoughts. He surrounds us with people that put us down. He surrounds you with people that are hurting you. He surrounds these negative people. So much so to where you have just almost, for some people, have given up and you've walked away. But what we see here is that our giants that we have built up in our mind aren't really as strong as we think they are. They just are ugly looking and they have a real loud mouth. And I don't know how insignificant at times you feel. I know for me at times, I have felt very insignificant and weak when I have faced hard times in my life. And if we can remember that, you know what? We don't need anything but Christ. And he is gonna help get us through that. And how do we go to him? Man, we go to him in prayer. Man, I pray 24 seven, y'all. I don't say that to be super spiritual, but I have to. I have to pray all the time. And I'm not walking around praying out loud, but I pray in my mind constantly. Before I get up here, I'm praying. Before I wake up, well, after I wake up, I'm praying. It's amazing, I pray in my sleep, I'm so godly. When I'm driving, I, I, I pray for a lot of other people. Lord, lift him up today, that bad driver. I also, I'm in the word as much as I can. I, 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 try, I try to read the Bible a lot. It's so good. And then I try to surround myself with really awesome people, which is really easy because I work with a lot of really awesome people. But you can do the same thing. Pray. When you hear the giant, you see the giant, and you know what's going on, maybe tomorrow you're afraid of facing that giant. Man, start praying right now. Get in the word as soon as possible and surround yourself with people and talk to those people about that giant. And maybe they'll help you defeat that because you can surround yourself with awesome, godly people. And so I wanna encourage you tonight, man, let's zoom out from those ugly looking giants that we've put in our life because David, he was not an underdog. He truly wasn't. His giant just really wasn't that big of a deal. And that's how we can live our life. And tonight in this room, man, I, I, I truly feel like maybe there's somebody in this room who tonight, you need to ask Jesus Christ into your life. And here's what that means. You know, for me, as I, I say I'm a Christian, 
And there's others in this room that would say the same thing. Here's what that means. That means that there was a point in my life when I was 13 years old that I, that I said a prayer and I asked Christ to come into my life and I started a relationship with him, meaning prayer, meaning reading about him. And my life truly, truly changed. And I know now that whenever I do die, I will spend eternity in heaven with him. And I know that I have a savior that has come to earth truly and he died on a cross and he rose again. And there's so many facts about it. You can read all about it in the Bible. And I'm telling you, you may be sitting by some people and around some people that they have accepted Christ and their life is truly changed. I, I could tell you stories of different teenagers in the room of how I have seen God truly change their life. Yes, them, sometimes it's hard, but I've seen true life change all over this room. And maybe tonight you don't have any direction. Maybe tonight you're in a place where you don't know where you're going. Maybe tonight you're lost. Well, I want you to know that tonight is a moment that you can be found by Christ. And so I'm gonna ask you to everybody to close your eyes, please, with no one looking around.